amen and amen. Then God is good and God is faithful. And one of the things that the Lord has really stirred in our heart this year was to be very intentional, and that is the word that the Lord gave us for this house for this year, intentionality. And let me tell you, intentionality goes in everything, right? You need to be intentional in your marriage. If you're not intentional on taking your wife on a date, it won't happen. And then you get to where you have grown children and they become 18, go off to college and husband and wife don't know each other because they were never intentional on building the relationship. You're intentional in, in what it is that you consume and eat. You are intentional. And if you're not intentional, it doesn't just happen. Come on, you don't just lose weight. You can find it pretty easily. You don't just get better at something. You don't just get stronger. No, there's some resistance with that bar that you do intentionally in order to build the muscle. And in the same way, as a church, the Lord put in our heart, we needed to be very intentional this year on really putting out who we were through our values. And throughout this year, we've been talking about the values of 3W Church. One of our values, and it's on the wristbands, if you don't have one, please grab it on your way out there right there in the lobby, is to refill, keep your tank full. In this very same way that before we hit on the road, we put gas in the tank. We don't just jump on the highway to go to Tampa or to go to Orlando or to go down to the Keys without filling the tank. E doesn't mean extra 10 miles. Come on, somebody. We see people with little red bucket cans all over the place all the time. We need to keep our tank full, our spiritual tank. And how do we do that? We do that through our devotions, through our time with God. We talked about the importance of refresh, even in the busy seasons. What does that talk about? It talks about the importance of Sabbath. We are in a chronic state of exhaustion because we do not take in the value of Sabbath, of taking one day a week where we do not work, where we do not do what is our work. I was joking with uh, Don. Don is one of our gentlemen at our church. He's retired, and he says, well, pastor, I'm retired, so what do I do on my Sabbath? I go find somewhere to work then. <laughs> one day a week, be unretired, right? That was our joke with it. But one day a week, we don't do what is our job, and that looks differently for different people. For me, as the pastor of 3W Church, I ensure that one day a week, I do not answer church emails I do not answer phone calls. I disconnect and I spend an extended time with the Lord and doing things that refill me. I spend an extra time worshiping on my paddleboard or I go out and, and do something on the yard. What refills? And, and, and I love the way that the Bible tells you that Sabbath is something you do even in planting season and harvesting season, even in the busy season. It doesn't matter. There is no time for us to say, well, I'm too busy right now. Nope. Because you are so busy, you must ensure that you take a day to refresh. Because if you don't, you're only hurting yourself. We talked about the importance of celebrate as one of our values. We celebrate. And the way we describe it is we honor the moment. Honor the moment. Can I tell you, no matter how bad of a day is, you can always look through your day and find something to celebrate and honor the moment. And when you do that... You're able to combat the hardship that you're facing and honor the moment. Celebrate. It's why we do silly things like Jersey Sunday on the start of the football season because it's 
Football season, we can do it. It's, there's nothing wrong with celebrating. There's nothing wrong with rejoicing. Sometimes we've been so ingrained by society that that looks bad, that it's like, no, 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 I can't announce that I got a promotion or I can't announce that this good thing happened. What about the people that are suffering? They're gonna feel bad or whatever. No, 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 no. Stop and honor what God has done in your life because he did it. Give him the glory. Don't take it for yourself. You're honoring the moment. You know, a few weeks ago, we talked about one of our core values as well, which is generosity. Generosity. And, and the reason we say it or what we give as kind of like the phrase for it is just because. Why are you generous? Just because I can. And we talked about that generosity is much more than money. You're generous in your time and your gifting. Perhaps in your workplace, you are generously training up another employee so that they can grow in the company. In your family, you are generously doing things with your family members or stuff. You're being generous with your time. And today I want to talk about another one of our core values. And, and I think that when I talk about it, you'll know that this is something that we're known for as our church and, and, and you can recognize it. And it's this, it's the value of Authenticity. Authenticity. And this is the way I wrote it down. It's keep it real. Man, how many of you know we're living in a world full of fakeness? And what does authenticity mean? Authenticity means genuine. It means real. And you can actually get to the word sincere. And when you think of the word sincere, there's a lot of debate at where the word sincere came from. But a lot of the people that study words say that sincere came back from the Latin root of sincera or without wax. And what it represented was there was a lot of people, artists, that made a pot and did the thing, and there was a crack or a blemish, and they would add wax to it. And so what happens was is that it looked okay, but when put up to the light, you could see the crack. Or sometimes they, even builders would use wax instead of cement because it was cheaper. But you know what happened when they used wax to put up some bricks? When it got hot, then buildings started to sway. Why? Because it wasn't real. It wasn't authentic. It wasn't sincere. And we are living in a world that is full of fake and counterfeit. Full of it. True or not? I mean, what are we, if we're looking at something on social media, don't we check to make sure it has the little blue circle that is the verified account? This is the verified account of the White House, or this is the verified account of so-and-so. This is the true account. Why? Because people bust out with all these fake accounts. That happened to me last year at one point in time. I got a text message from somebody and said, Pastor, I think somebody stole your profile thing, and, and they made a, 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 a handle that looked like mine. It was off by like a letter, and they were sending messages to people asking for money. Now, if you've been part of our church at any point in time, we don't even make time to pick up the offering. We believe we show the principle of tithing and giving, and if you are a tither, you will find a way to do it. It's you and God. I'm definitely not sending you an Instagram post saying, can you send us money? We have this guy in Africa we need to help. That is not happening. If you ever get one of those, report it. Because it's fake. But we're living, it's, it's all these fake things. As a matter of fact, you, you go to look, search somebody, maybe you wanted to see what, what, what if an athlete just posted you thing, and, and you start putting their name, and there's like 17 profiles for it. And all 17 of them might be fake, because that guy might not even have Instagram, right? Everything is fake. We hear this saying, come on, how many, you tell me if you've heard this before, fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. 
I'm a real estate agent. I can't afford to even buy a cup of dirty water, but I have a leased Rolls Royce so that when I show up somewhere, they think that I can do it because I'm faking it till I make it. I live on the, you know, like I, I'm living above my means to have clients think one thing. I'm faking it till I make it. Can I tell you, that mindset has filtered its way into the church, and that's a problem. It's filtered its way into our relationship with Jesus in front of other people, and that is a problem. We need to keep it real. And I, I wrote this down, and it's going to come up on the screen. The lack of authenticity can lead to skepticism and mistrust. And man, are we living in a time of skepticism. It's, it's really interesting. Is I got invited uh, to go to a Miami Youth for Christ uh, workshop yesterday. Uh, for volunteers and, and for, for people that are going to be working in the schools. And I you know, responded to the Evite almost, I don't know, three or four weeks ago. Um, and this, today's sermon has been on my preaching calendar for I don't know how many months. Is I, I, I spend time with the Lord and I prepare a preaching calendar. And today had the calendar was the value of authenticity. And so I get to this workshop yesterday, and this is what they were talking about. They called it ACSR, Authentic Christ-sharing relationships. I was like, all right, Lord, okay, I, you, you, I, I hear your Holy Spirit, right? And then I found this interesting, and, and I printed out my notes. I took them on my phone, but I printed it out because this is what they said. This generation, and I would actually take it a step further. It's more than this generation. It's not just the generation of right now. I think it's across the board in ages of today's time. Has an eroded sense of authority. Has distrust toward facts or data. It has relativistic views of truth. And the most trusted truth comes from the most trusted relationships. I think that's very true of the day that we're living in today. So what happens when as a believer, we're unauthentic? They don't believe in Jesus because we're not real. We, we, we try to portray this whole thing of, of, of what it is, that everything is perfect and fine and dandy, but the reality and the truth is we have lost our credibility because of our lack of authenticity, because of our lack of transparency. Now, I love, and if you've known me any amount of time, I love King David. He's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Go to Psalm chapter 40 with me this morning, because I think David was pretty authentic, was he pretty messed up as a sinner? Yep. But he was authentic. Did he have flaws? Absolutely. But God calls him a man after his own heart. And look at Psalm 40. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 to start it off. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. Now, look at this. This is pretty vulnerable. He says, he also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. In other words, David is saying, I was a nobody, and God brought me from nobody to somebody. I wasn't born king. I wasn't this. As a matter of fact, he was not the one that should have been, quote unquote, because he wasn't the son of Saul. But God called him. And out of his horrible pit, out of the miry clay, God pulls him out. 
And that authenticity, that realness, look what verse number three says. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to the Lord. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. What are many going to see where God brought them from and where God has them now? And that authenticity will draw people to want to know Jesus. I wrote the thought down this way. Our authenticity will draw people to Jesus. Our authenticity will draw people to Jesus. Can I tell you, the inverse is also true. Your lack of authenticity will repel people from Jesus. It will. When you talk the game, but you don't live the game. It repels people. I want nothing to do with that church. I want nothing to do with that church, not because of the church, but because of the Christian I encountered who was fake. Right? We test everything, don't we? When we're going to buy something, we want the certificate of... I mean, you don't buy a Rolex on the street corner in New York City. It ain't a Rolex. It's probably a Folex or whatever they're called. What do they call them? I know that the fake Oakleys, they call them Folkleys. Like, oh, look, man, I got a brand new pair of Oakleys. Oh, yeah, they only cost me 10 bucks. You put them on and it's like, you look at the sun, it's like, ain't a real lens. Uh-uh. You get this piece of jewelry. They told you it was this amount of carrots. And then you take it to another jeweler who tested and says, I'm sorry, man, they... This is just gold-plated. This isn't real. But I paid all kind of money. We want authenticity. Can I tell you? We should expect authenticity, and we should be authentic. We need to be. And if you don't know this, I'm going to let you know. I don't have it all figured out. I go through stuff. Sometimes... I want to say something that I shouldn't say. Sometimes I meet with people and I want to like say something that I shouldn't say. And I got to like hold my tongue because the inner David wants to be like, hello, you know, sometimes it comes out too. Especially because my face says it all. And my redness of ears sometimes. Like sometimes I can like my face, I can get my face under control and I got my face going. But my ears turn 49 or red, right? Like, it is like, Wah. I'm trying to pray for your pastor. I'm working on it, all right? I do a disservice to this church that I am called to pastor if I put on a show to think that everything is perfect. No, let's be real. I can grow as a husband and be better. My wife and I take into arguments sometimes. We don't agree on everything, so we have conversations. It happens. Sometimes I'm a little harsh on my kids, and I got to pull them to the side and say, you know what, I should have answered that way. I'm, I'm sorry. Dad was wrong. It happens. Sometimes to you, I'm, 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 please don't show hands because it's going to be almost everybody. I've had to apologize to a lot of you at different moments. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry I didn't return that phone call. Or I'm sorry that I answered this way. Or I'm sorry that this happened. Or, or whatever. It, it, why? Because I don't got to figure it out. And it's what David w- was looking at and saying, God took me out of the mind. As about, you know how he ends the psalm? This is intense. God, I'm, uh, look at verse number 17, or 16 and 17. 
Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let such as love your salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. But I'm poor and needy. Yet the Lord thinks upon me, David, the king of Israel, who left more money than could basically be counted to build the temple when he died, says to God, I'm poor and needy. You know what he's saying? I'm a sinner and I need you. And thanks for thinking of me, even though I'm not perfect. That was authentic. Authentic to God and authentic to people. As a matter of fact, if you go a few verses up to verse number 10, he actually says this. I've not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I've declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. I don't shy away from saying that if it wasn't for you, God, we'd be in problems. I don't shy away. Listen, I I need you to understand something. It doesn't mean you glorify sin. You don't stand up here and say, you know what? Today I did this, and it's okay because of God's grace, and I'm being authentic that I did. No, don't glorify your sin. As a matter of fact, we need to every day strive to sin less and be more like Jesus. But don't pretend that you don't got some monkeys hiding in the closet. I don't think that's a saying. Skeletons in the closet. I don't know where monkeys in the closet came from. In the middle of the night, no. Sorry. Woo. Jumanji. Don't pretend that you got it all figured out. Be honest and be authentic. We're all in need of salvation. We're all in need of healing. We're all in need of restoration. We're all in need because even when you're walking right, temptations come. And if we would be able to not fall into them every single time, then we wouldn't need Jesus. But I don't know about you. I need Jesus. I need him. I need him. So are we being authentic? Are we being real? You know who I also find in Scripture to be super authentic? Paul. Man, was Paul authentic. Paul's the guy that said things like, Follow me as I follow Christ. Right? Imitate me. 1 Corinthians 11, as I imitate Christ. But look at Philippians chapter 3. Go to Philippians chapter 3. And I can read, I mean, we can read passage after passage about Paul and his authenticity. But look at this one, what he says here in Philippians 3, verse 12. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended. In other words, I don't count myself to having reached it already, laid a hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Can I tell you something? If you stay stuck with where you were, you'll never get to where Jesus wants you to be. There's a fine balance there. Be authentic. Be real. But don't stay stuck there either. Don't say what the world system says authenticity is, living your true self. That's the world says that. 
The world says you're being authentic if you're living your true you. No, 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 that's not authenticity. That's you not wanting to let God do the work in you to change you. Because we are called to be born again. And there is a transformation that takes place. Don't try to align God to your worldview. Align your worldview to God. What does the Bible say? What does the word of God say? And can I tell you something? Stop being caught up on whether that specific word is in the Bible or not. I just heard somebody send me this video of this guy saying, I have read the Bible. I'm a this. The word abortion doesn't show up in the Bible. You're absolutely right. It does not. The word abortion does not show up in the Bible. But I can find verse after verse that talks about there being life in the womb, which means if I terminate life that is in the womb, that's murder. And if God says murder is a sin, therefore abortion is wrong before the eyes of God. But the word abortion is not in the Bible. Like this was a guy that said, that like, stop being a, if you're a Christian, I, I was dumbfounded. This was on NBC News. The guy was speaking this. Don't align your worldview and say, I got to fit God in my worldview. No, I align myself to what God says. I have to. If anybody wants to have a conversation about any of those things, I'm always game, by the way. We can talk about whatever we want to talk about. Paul is authentically saying, as a matter of fact, there's scripture after scripture. Like, I, I, I had this picture of Paul. If Instagram existed then, Paul wouldn't have shown himself on the island of Malta and say, look where I'm at. Look at the waters. Look, it's amazing. No, he would have shown a picture of the shipwreck and said, hashtag, I survived. Because what do we tell We don't talk about right? We take 17 pictures until we find one that is post-worthy, and then we add 84 filters. I mean, have you ever met somebody in real life that you only view through social media? And is like, fraud! If you ever see somebody putting the phone really high up to take the pictures because they want to look 22 pounds lighter online, it's all about the angles, right? Put it really high up, everybody. I, 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 some, I learned this the hard way. I remember years ago, somebody was trying to take a picture. I was like, oh, I'll take the picture for you guys. And, and I get there and I square up to take the picture. It's like, no, 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 no. Stand on a chair and get it from up high. It makes us look better. Fraud. Phony. Lack of authenticity. And when we bring that lack of authenticity that fake it till you make it mindset into our walk with Christ, it's no wonder we can't get people saved. Because I tell you, let me tell you about Jesus, and it's like, but I don't want what you have. Pastor Hunter last week preached a message about living on mission. It's a continual thing, a daily thing that we're doing everywhere you go. It's not about today I'm going to go tell someone about Jesus. No, 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 bubble. The minute you walked out of your house and you saw that the mailman was coming or, or the mail carrier, whatever you're supposed to call a mail person now, is coming down the road, you, you wait and it's like, hey, God bless you. Thanks for the mail. Man, it's really hot. Can I get you a bottle of water? They might say no, but you're trying to show Jesus intentionally. 
in the way you live and, and, and ask and, and taking every opportunity. <laughs> you know, um, there's a, I go to Costco a lot. That's my store of choice. I, I, I almost buy everything at Costco. These jeans, Costco. These socks, Costco. And this jersey's so old, I don't know if Costco played, it was around when Dan Marino was, that was a long time ago, let me tell you, they're irrelevant. But anyways, I go to Costco a lot. And, and I've gotten, I've started to build relationships with people, right? Like, hey, what's up, so-and-so? I know who's a Niners fan. Uh, I know all the different stuff. And, and so there's this one guy that, that you know, I, I'm talking, and, and, and his name is Jonathan, and, and um, he had told me, like, I don't know, five, six months ago, you know, hell, my wife is pregnant. I was like, man, congratulations, and, and all these different things. And, and so then, you know, I, I always, when I, if, if I get him in line, because sometimes I go to George. George is really fast. If you ever need a line in Costco, go to George. That guy's like a rocket, man. He's quick. But anyways, uh, I, I get there, and, 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 uh, and this week, Jonathan's there, and I say to him, hey, Jonathan, how's your wife? How, you know, how's the pregnancy? He's like, he's like no, actually, the, the baby was born at 26 weeks, he's in the hospital. And I said, hold on a second. I was like, I'm going to be praying for your son. And then he clicked. And I said, hold on. I've been praying for your son. He's like, you have? And I said, yes. Does your wife work here too? He's like, yes. And I said, well, Tony is like my brother. And, and he goes to our church. And, and he called me on the day your wife went into labor to say one of our employees just had the baby at 26 weeks, pray for the baby, do all these things. I was like, I've been praying for your baby. I just didn't know it was yours. He's like, I feel it. And I didn't even ask. I just put my arms on him and I said, let's pray. And I prayed over him again. And like, don't miss opportunities, people, because... Somebody could die, and if they had a bad encounter with a fake Christian, they might not go to heaven, so it's not going to be on me. Every opportunity I have, I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to be real. I'm going to show you my flaws. I'm going to show you where I'm at. I'm going to tell you I'm going to work under construction. But Jesus is the way. He's the one working in me. He's the one restoring me. He's the one changing me. Can I tell you who was really authentic? The woman at the well. Oh, I love the story of the woman at the well. I don't have time to read it all. But if you read John chapter 4, read it later on. Woman at the well. This is the Samaritan woman. Jesus goes up there and says, hey, can I have a cup of water? And she looks at him kind of funny. He's like, are you talking to me? Like in the movie, are you talking to me? No, are you talking to me? Like, what are you doing talking to me? And so... Jesus talks to her about the living water and all the stuff about the water, right? And then Jesus asks her a very good question. He says, hey, how's your, where's your husband? And she says, I don't have a husband. Which was like a half truth, right? Like she was authentic, but like half authentic. She goes, I don't have a husband. And you know what Jesus answers and says? You've spoken very true. You've had not one, not two, not like LeBron James when he came to the, with, the, with the heat. Not one, not two, not three. He's like, not one, not two, not three. Not four. You've had five husbands, and the guy you're with right now, he ain't your husband. And then she says, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Really? <laughs> okay. All right, so fast forward, right? Like she, she talks to him, or Jesus talks to her, and, and she gets saved, really, is what happens. And you know what she does automatically? She, verse 29 of chapter 4 of the book of John. As a matter of fact, can you throw it up on the screen? 
Verse 29, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Like, how's that for authentic? I'm sure the people in town knew her. Come on, she married five times and sleeping around with another guy that didn't know, right? Like, people probably knew who she was. She comes and says, I need you to come see somebody who told me everything about me. Could it be the Christ? Go to verse 39. Sorry. If that image came up, it means the thing crashed. It's all right. I got it. John 4, 39. Look at what happens in 4, 39, because it continues going. People come back, and this says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. She was authentic after her conversion. She was real. I met the Christ. I met the Christ. There's another verse, like a few verses down, that says that some came and believed, and they said, now we believe because we heard him, not just because of your word. So what happened? An authentic encounter brought the person in, and then more authenticity with the Messiah got them saved. Your authenticity will bridge people to Jesus. We need to strive to keep it real. Say it this morning. Keep it real. I wrote this down. Authenticity is measured upon close inspection. Authenticity is measured upon close inspection. It looks good from far away. Right? That Rolex looked really good from far away. And then the jeweler looked at it. I wrote this down. Value is determined when authenticity is established. Value is determined when authenticity is established. Is there value in that relationship? Can I tell you if there's no authenticity, there isn't. Is there value? Value is determined when authenticity is established. So then I pose this question. Are our words... And our actions aligned. Are they aligned? Our words and our actions. It, it, it made me, as I was studying and preparing, and, and, and it made me think of uh, Ananias and Sapphira, Acts. These are the people that die because they lie to the Holy Spirit. I think the other way that it could be described is they died for being unauthentic. What happened there? People were selling their homes and giving money to the church to help the widows and the orphans, and this was the Bible says they were doing. Nobody was being told, go sell your house and bring money. But they wanted to look right in front of people. They wanted to fake it till they made it. So they sold it, and then they conspired, and they said, let's use numbers. They sold it for 10 grand, and they said, let's go tell the people we sold it for five, and let's give five, and we keep five. That's fake, unauthentic. So he goes, puffed up. I would imagine walking puffed up. is like, Peter, John, my brothers, I sold it. After the commission, what was made, here's $5,000. Go build the church. And the Holy Spirit automatically told Peter and the rest of the guys, there's inauthenticity. This isn't real. They're lying. So he asked is this truly what you sold it for? That was the opportunity to get real, to be authentic. 
And you know what he said? The scripted lie. That's what I sold it for. And he says, because you lied, now you die. And he dies, and they pull him out. His wife comes into the temple a little while later, not knowing what had happened. And they ask her, hey, did you truly sell it for $5,000 like your husband said? Is that truly what happened? See, she would have been spared had she come clean and been authentic. And she said, yes, it is. And he says, the very feet of the people who carried out your husband are standing next to you and are going to carry you out too because of lack of authenticity. Guys, we need to keep it real. We need to keep it real. We need to be authentic. And so I wrote these thoughts on if worship team can start coming back to the altar. As James tells us in chapter 2, don't just say it, do it. I love James chapter 2 because this is where he writes and he says, if somebody's hungry, don't just pray for them, feed them. If somebody's cold, don't just say, be warmed, give them a blanket, right? Do something. And I wrote these three thoughts down. The first one is this. We build better when we are honest, open, and real. We build better when we are honest, open, and real. I can't tell you how many times I've seen relationships crumble because of lack of honesty, openness, and realness. I can think vividly of these friends that I had years ago. And when they were dating and engaged, she would tell him, I love to cook. I love the house stuff. Because he grew up in a home where dad ran this business and mom was a homemaker and worked on the business, like invoicing and stuff like that. So every day there was dinner a certain time, whatever. It's, it's the way he grew up. And he was very open, like, like I'm going to provide and have, the, you know, this is what the thing. And she was like, I love it. And I remember they got married, came back from their honeymoon, and like a week in, she's like, I hate this cooking stuff. Why? Because she told him she did, and she didn't even know how to cook. Can I tell you that relationship, that marriage, unfortunately, did not last more than a couple years. They were core elements built on a lie. We build better when we're honest, when we're open, and when we're real. I wrote this down. Being genuine and transparent fosters real growth. Can I tell you, as a pastor, sometimes those conversations are, are difficult. Like I'll call somebody and sometimes I'll be like, I have a question for you. Do you see me as your pastor? Do I have the ability to speak into your life and bring correction if I need to? Because I've learned that if they don't see me that way, I'm wasting my breath. Yes, pastor, tell me. I want to hear. Then you say it. And it's like, I was like, oh, you wanted honesty, bro? You want it real? But if we're real, if we're honest, if we're transparent, if we walk in integrity, that fosters real growth. It's not fake. So can I tell you this? Let's be authentic in the midst of a world that promotes fake. Let's be authentic in the midst of a world that promotes fake.
That's one of our values. Authenticity. Say it with me this morning. Keep it real. Come on, one more time. Keep it real. Let's stand to our feet. Father, this morning, Lord, I pray that all of our hearts be touched by what we see in Scripture. Lord, time and time again, we see people who were authentic in Scripture, and we see people who weren't. Lord, I'm even reminded of Jacob and Esau. Jacob had been prophesied that he would be the one that ruled. He did not need be unauthentic and burn the bridge with his brother. But he did. And it caused hurt and it caused pains. Separation. Things that, yes, were restored 30 years later. But God, oh, how he cried and suffered being cheated by Laban. Father, I pray that we may walk in authenticity. That we may walk being real. Father, that when we hear a prophetic word and a prophetic message, we partner with it and live our life, not trying to make it happen, but in obedience to you to see it come to fulfillment. Father, I pray that we live a life that can be authentic so that others would be drawn to you. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I... I don't want to close service without giving you the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life because maybe there's somebody in here today that the lack of authenticity in other Christians has made you question if God is even real. The lack of authenticity has made you perhaps say, I want nothing to do with this gospel. I want nothing to do with this Jesus. And maybe today you've walked in here and you said, I wasn't expecting this. There's something that that stirred, and I want to give my life to Jesus. Well, if that's you, I have good news for you. It's not too late. Because the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. And the Bible says that what does it take? It takes to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. John 3, 16, most famous passage in all of Scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. If that's you, if today you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, you recognize who he is, say this with me this morning, believe it in your heart. God, I'm a sinner, and on my own I can't get to you, but I believe Jesus is your son. He came to earth, lived the perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the grave. And today, I ask Jesus, come and live in my heart. Write my name in the book of life. And from now on, God, I'm yours and you are mine in Jesus' name. You know, you only give your life to Jesus once. But if today was the first time you did that, please tell somebody. Come talk to me after service. I want to pray with you. And I would like you to just take the next minute or two as we worship, as we say that, God, I need you. I want you to examine your heart and let the Lord speak to you. Are there areas where there's been a little bit of a lack of authenticity? Are you one person with one group of people and another person with another group of people? Or are you genuine all the time? And as the Lord ministers to you, if there's areas that you need to be more authentic in, just get right with God. It's the cool thing about God. He forgives you, restores you, but expects a change of direction. It doesn't mean I receive forgiveness and I do the same garbage. No, 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 no. I receive forgiveness and I change directions. 
So talk to God. Let him minister to you.